Welcome back, everybody. This is The Prepared Mindset. I'm your host, Austin, and have a cool episode for you guys this week. Uh, my friend Ian of Rune Nation, he's been on before, albeit it's been like a year and a half. I cannot believe how time flies, but Ian is joining me this week, and we're going to get into a discussion, you know, specifically around mindset and attitude and philosophy Ian, if you guys don't follow him or you don't subscribe to his blog posts and things like that, Ian's one of those people that I is very insightful. Uh, he's very reflective and uh, I would and very careful with how he words things. And you know, uh, I, I don't know. I just I look to Ian for inspiration from time to time. And if you guys have had the opportunity to take his class, I know he's here at Ann Arbor Arms in Michigan. Uh, usually at least once a year, and just a really good dude. We had an awesome conversation the last time he was on, and I was thinking about earlier today, honestly, like before, I couldn't even tag him in the posts because he he irritated the people over at Instagram, so we weren't even able to uh, collaborate before, and my, how things have changed in uh, a year and a half's time. You know, it was end of June of uh, 22, the last time he joined me for a chat and uh, reached out. We were able to uh, get this on the books, and I think it's going to be a really good discussion uh, especially as we have people in the last, I mean, since that discussion or just in general, because it seems like every day, right, we have new folks that are joining this community, right, training community, where you go from simply a firearms owner to somebody who wants to take up that responsibility of being a defender, being a protector. And I don't want to get into all the weird stuff. You don't want to talk about, you know, wolf dog and all and sheep and all that, because that's not what this is. But there is a level of responsibility and obviously accountability that comes into training. And, and when you get into thinking about what could potentially happen if you were to ever have to employ any of these skills that we all talk about and harp on and things. And it, it's just, it's a very, it's a very deep subject. Uh, so looking forward to the discussion with Ian, it's going to be a good one. I just know it. Uh, I think you guys will get a lot out of it, and it's always good, at least for me, to connect with uh, with people and bring them back on for follow-on discussions, and you know, hear what's changed and and things like that, and uh, you know, and and things are always changing. You know, case in point, here we are. We are now a couple days removed from Thanksgiving. It is crazy how fast time is flying this season. Uh, we are already having our first snowfall here in Michigan, which actually <clears throat> shouldn't say already. Yeah, look at the calendar. It's yeah, it's we're almost into December. Uh, it's a little bit late for a first snowfall, but you know, first that, that is it's actually accumulated. Uh, so if you guys are listening into a state right now, it doesn't get snow. You guys suck. Um, but it's very cold here. Just hit the range this weekend with Josh. Uh, we spent. Uh, I mean, I was there for about three and a half hours, and it was cold and it was rainy because it wasn't cold enough to turn into snow yet. Uh, so that's, that's big fun. It kind of does put a damper on some of the range sessions. I know when I talked to some of you guys that live down in Tennessee, like, like Drew Hopkins at uh, dirty civilian, when he was on, uh, last winter, when I mentioned to him that we were below 50 and out training and shooting, he, that was a no go for him. Uh, but you know, you do what you got to do because, uh, the time and place where we may need to do things is not always to our choosing and it's not always to our liking. So, uh, Josh had to remind me of that and kind of get me out to uh, the range out in the rain and stuff. And, and it was good. We had a, we had a good range session and uh, got a lot of good stuff done. But uh, before we get into this week's discussion, as always, you guys know, uh, we have to say thank you to some people that make this podcast possible. First and foremost are all of our 
Patreon patrons. You guys, uh, we're actually working on getting more content out to you. I just put a blog post up today uh, about, you know, taking some of those arms that are taking up space in your safe, uh, in your, your gun rack, what have you, that, you know, have not been shot, have not been used in over a year. You can probably trade them in. You can probably do something with those. Uh, so that's that's the latest. But we're always putting new stuff up on there, new drills, new videos, long form and short form uh, blog, like just all kinds of good stuff on the Patreon. Thank you so much to you guys that are signed up and are supporting what we're doing. Every bit of what you guys are able to uh, provide to support us comes right back to everything that you're seeing through the social media, through the Patreon content here on the pod. And soon we'll be rolling out, you know, long form videos on YouTube as well, as that's a major growth point for us rolling into 2024. So huge thank you to all our Patreon patrons. And if you guys are looking for a way to support us, to get in on some of that action, patreon.com forward slash prepared underscore mindset underscore pod it's it's huge guys can't thank you guys enough especially this time of year the holidays and everything today actually being giving tuesday if you want to support a cause that you appreciate and you enjoy uh you know go ahead and and look us up and uh if, if you're feeling so inclined you can go ahead and sign up at patreon but we're also very fortunate to partner with some really kick-ass companies in the industry and i'm sure a couple of these guys you probably frequented given that we're coming out of Black Friday weekend and yesterday was Cyber Monday where everyone gets out there and spends a ton of money on the internet, sometimes needed, sometimes not so needed. But need to say thank you to some of these partners because without them, you know, a lot of what we do just would never have happened and, and won't happen. So with that, thank you to Custom Night Vision. Guys, if you are still looking for night vision, if you were kind of hemming and hawing and you didn't really know for Black Friday, if you're somebody like me who gets pretty anxious about large purchases, and I get it because we've got families to take care of and we have to consider all of those options and everything that could happen when we make these large purchases, good news is Custom Night Vision is still there for you. They still have tons of units on sale whether it's a PVS-14, a Tonto housing, these are still options in both white and green phosphor for $3,000 or even under that. If that's what you're looking to get into for your first night vision housing, that's where I started this time last year for honestly around the same price point. Crazy. I know uh, they actually are still competitive with last year's sale prices. Not every company is, but custom is doing their best to bring you guys amazing options at the very best price point that they can. If you're looking to upgrade, maybe that's your move this year. You have a PVS-14 or you had it and you sold it and you're looking to move on up. They have tons of binocular units in stock as well for you guys. Some 1431 Mark IIs with Elbit tubes. That's what I run. Great option for you guys to look into. They also have them in green phosphor. Katanas, DTNVSs, RPNVGs, Guys, a ton of options in stock right now, and you can even get a look at what these tubes look like before you pick them, before you commit to purchasing them. That's their mission at Custom Night Vision is to provide a completely transparent and completely satisfying purchasing experience for you guys out there. Night Vision is a big game changer, and we highly recommend if you have the means, you add that capability. It's dark 50% of the time out, you guys. Don't be one of those people sitting there going, I don't need night vision because we have streetlights. I don't need night vision because I have a white light. You are fooling yourself. Head on over to customnightvision.com. Check out the website. Pick up some night vision. Pick up a helmet, mounts, lasers, optics, lights. They have it all and more in stock for all you guys. And they have an insight chat function built to help. Customnightvision.com. 
big shout out to HRT Tactical Gear as well. I know I picked up a couple of things from their website this week, and I hope all of you guys had the opportunity to as well. They were running 20% off through yesterday. And you know what? Honestly, it's a steal for the quality gear that they have. I've been running their LBAC carrier and their ARC belt for about the last, uh, the carrier for about six months and the belt for about two now. And I have been supremely impressed both with the quality, the durability, and the usability of all of their gear. No hot spots, no problems with the gear falling apart, nothing that's not quite the right fit, not quite the right you know, uh, make for what I need. Everything has been outstanding. I run their angled mag pouches. They're one of the only companies actually I've been able to find that runs and creates angled pistol pouches specifically for use on a belt. I know there's a lot of adapter kits out there, but these guys make it from the factory that way, ready to go. Absolutely outstanding gear. You guys head on over to hrttacticalgear.com. They have armor, they have medical, they have plate carriers, belts, placards, their AWLS weapon light, which is awesome and has a tons of different uses and employments head on over to their website today and check it all out for yourself now last year big big shout out and a huge thank you as well to 100 concepts garrett pierce and jonah those guys are awesome and 100 concepts is a huge supporter of what we do here at prepared mindset you guys can head on over to their website it's 100concepts.com and check out everything they have going on they had some really neat combos where you guys could pick up their pro caps and different things they paired them together so you, instead of having to go but you know from one part of the site to the next to the next you could actually just buy a bundle together like their chem light kit you know they also just released a couple months back here their sling hook 2.0 for some of you guys are looking out you know getting into rucking next year getting some time out in the woods the sling hook is absolutely going to save your neck from some nasty nasty chafing Guys, their scope caps, light caps, you know about those. They are top of industry right now. Everybody's using them. Everybody's running them. They're outstanding. Guys, the company motto is do good, be dangerous, and live free. It's an amazing company that anybody would feel good about supporting. Head on over to 100concepts.com today. Huge shout out to all of our sponsors. We appreciate the hell out of you guys, and especially this time of year when everyone has so much to be thankful for. We certainly do. Getting into, or getting back to, I should say, this week's topic of discussion, we're getting into philosophy and mindset, attitude, and one of the things, you know, me and Ian are going to get into, and I've said this before on other discussions, because it always makes me just do a double take and kind of shake my head, is there are still people out there that actually believe, and will and we'll say that mindset doesn't matter, that apparently when we are talking about physical altercation, we're talking about war fighting, we're talking about any any of these things defensive concepts any i mean you spin it you put whatever phrase you want whatever label you want on this there are actually people ignorant enough to say that mindset doesn't matter i've actually people tell me i should change the name of this podcast because mindset doesn't matter and it's the most it is the most asinine thing i think i've ever heard uh, it's incredibly important especially when put in a stressful situation that you have proper mindset and training, and you have that to fall back in reliance. So we talk about these things so, so much. So uh, like I already said, you know, I'm really looking forward to the discussion. Ian's an incredibly insightful guy. I think you guys are going to get a lot out of this one and really dig it. So without any further hangups here, we're just going to jump on over to my discussion with Ian Strimbeck of Rune Nation. Here we go, guys. Ian, welcome back, sir. How are you? Pretty good yourself. Thanks for having me back. Oh, you're very welcome, man. Uh, doing well, doing well for the you know the most part. Can't complain. This uh, this time of year is always a mixed bag, right? Holidays yes, for sure. 
Uh, but I wanted to reconnect with you, A, because like we were just talking about before we started recording here, I can't believe it. It's been like a year and a half. Yes. June, June, June of 2022. Yeah. Uh, so always good to reconnect. Um, but also because, you, you know, I see the stuff you post on like Instagram and stuff and you put a lot of thought into, you know, what you post and the messages that you you put out to people, both with social media and then also like your blog post and everything. You call it thought crimes, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's what I wanted to talk about. Like, and it's funny. And I said this in my intro too to, you know, the listeners is I've actually had people tell me that things like mindset, things like attitude don't matter in any of this. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's like a non-issue, you know? Yeah. Uh, which I think is hysterical. Uh, I think mindset should be, and I'd be interested to hear your, your, your take on that too, obviously, but I would think that mindset, if you're in a position to have to employ skills, like what you teach, like what all of us train to advance and right mindset would have to be at the front of that list. If you're thinking about, I mean, God potentially taking a life, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I I mean, I feel that in, in this space, this space, uh, particularly pertaining to the gun industry. And and I still think it's ironic that we call it an industry, even though there's a thing with industries, most industries have a set standard and the problem with the gun Mm non-industry is there's, there's no set standard, you know, for qualifications, whether you're a teacher or uh, manufacturer of nylon or or parts or whatever. I mean, sure, there's like a standard that people expect, like a twist rate of a barrel, or you know, the quality of a bulk carrier group, or um, you know, hopefully you don't end up flagging somebody as a teacher on the line when you're trying to teach people. But there's no l- literal set qualifications or or standard and that would that's what, in my opinion, really makes up an actual industry. Mm-hmm. The problem I I feel that in this space is that the the whole idea of mindset is um, overused. Um, a lot of people just like to throw it around just to, um, as, as kind of either a a a hype word or you know a, a word just to use it because f- people are familiar with it uh, without really uh, going in in depth with you know an an actual definition of it and. For me, with my background, not only of teaching, but, you know, actually uh, going to uh, college and, you know, getting a bachelor's degree in actual writing, particularly journalism, uh, is the fact that I feel like we as a culture uh, just really throw words around too often without actually paying particular attention to them. Uh, what do you mean because, like when the media just throws around the word racist with everything? Yes, oh, <laughs> for for sure. I mean, you can you can think it of it on a grander scale, such as that. I mean, absolutely. Um, but you know, you, you were also talking about the the thought that I put in to my posts um, and you know on social media, and, and I really do feel that um, you know. I may be one of the few people out there that actually put effort into it, you know, not just making a 60 second hype reel and then putting some uh, cool words attached to it with, uh, you know, a array of hashtags, which are actually longer than the caption, just to abide by the all seeing, all knowing algorithm. 
right. um, you know, just to, just to get likes and shares. Like for me, it's always been much more than that uh, for me. Like, you know, a, a, as I preach and talk about like the, the, the whole social media space is particularly or specifically Instagram, like it's fake. It's not real. You know, it's a, it's a means to an end as far as I'm concerned, you know, like we, uh, if you are, you know, a small business owner, in the gun non-industry and you're in that space, you, you know, kind of more or less have to have it, you know, you can go without it, but you know, your, your sales are going to mimic that. Um, so it's a, it's kind of a give and take. So I could very easily, you know, just make a video, put some cool words below it, throw a crap load of hashtags attached to it just to abide by the algorithm. But that's never been my thing, you know, and I've, unfortunately paid for it i mean i i say uh, unfortunately with kind of knowing that it was going to end up that way just over the past three years of me speaking my mind while uh, a lot of other people you know in the teaching space did did not because they were afraid of losing sponsors or losing views or uh you know getting their account flagged which all of those things uh happened to me minus the losing of sponsors all my sponsors are still with me thankfully they're all good people uh but that goes without saying that you know sometimes you have to stand up for uh your core beliefs if they're truly important to you and uh you know over the past 3 years you know the push of uh you know uh getting tighter on the first amendment and you know it's always been about the second amendment too on 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 social media of you know not being able to show things that are deemed as weapons or whatever else even though the ironic part is you know all the people uh all all the quality people that i hold in my circle that are into firearms are, are posting pictures or videos for uh, the idea of education to to help others learn to be more safer with those firearms. But again, the algorithm doesn't understand that and will just immediately flag it because it's a picture or a video of a gun. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, the idea of mindset kind of going full circle here is, you know, whether you're training for the worst day of your life or your partner's life, whether you carry in the context of a, uh, you know, armed citizen or an armed professional role, law enforcement or military, or even if you, you know, are training in the context of, uh, you know, competitive shooting, USPSA, IDPA, three gun, two gun, whatever it is, your ability to uh, remove or should I say, put up the blockers when it's when it's go time uh, is so so vitally important. And you know there will always be those people out there that say, you know, I don't need the training, I don't need this idea of mindset. You know, especially you know, for I also deal with uh, teaching combatives specifically. Uh, you know, with the base of wrestling and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You know, that's a big part of my life, probably a bigger part of my yeah. life than teaching people how to press a trigger. And, you know, the, the old adage saying is like, Oh, I don't need that. Cause I just see red, you know, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't I need the training that. because I just see red bro. Um, and, and that's honestly, you, the, did you the put work. that in a post in a post recently? Cause probably. that's like, bring it, it's triggering some, some flashbacks. Right? Yeah. I thought I was like, yeah, yeah. And like it's one it, step it, removed it, from the sheep dog thing. I, I can't stand that shit. Yeah. It's, it's a really sad state of affairs, you know, especially that's coming from people who not only solely rely on a gun as the end all be all solution, but they won't take the gun training and they definitely don't train any type of martial arts. That's like the worst type of person 
um, that that I can see that um, is carrying a gun. And, you know, I've never been and never will be a, a person that says, uh, you know, you need to do a certain amount of requirements in, in order to carry a gun. Uh, but, but it does kind of, you know, put a, a trigger in the back of my mind. And, you know, when I think of all the people that are out there, of all the different types of uh, human beings that are existing on this planet that own guns and, uh, you know, maybe have a, a higher temper than other people. Um, mm -hmm. It's kind of a, it's kind of a scary thought because, you know, like I tell people, especially if you're carrying a gun in the context of self-preservation of yourself or your partner, um, the firearm in itself should be your very last resort. You know, if you can see the threat ahead of time, you can have, if, if you can see pre-assault cues, if worst case scenario, those have failed because you didn't see it ahead of time. And now you're in this one arm's distance uh, or this one arm reach distance. And now you have to de-escalate, you know, knowing how to de-escalate. So you don't have to go to a lethal force tool. Like that's the best case scenario, but people don't want to think that way because it's not as cool as imagining themselves in a, uh, in a specific scene from any of the John Wick series, you know, people want to, um, envision these, uh, worst day of their lives as some type of, uh, you know, Oscar winning movie, you know, mm -hmm. and the reality is, is that especially in the, in the times that we're living in currently, no matter how clean of a shoot you may perceive that you're in, uh, you will be held guilty until proven innocent. You know, and that's not to, and I tell that to all my students, not to scare them away of the idea of carrying a gun in defense of themselves or others, but really kind of understanding the the grand scheme of things here. You know, if you do have to pull a firearm because you're afraid for your life or your partner's life and you end up taking that individual's life, there will be consequences you'll have to pay. You know, it's not going to be like, oh, well, you know, he was a, he was, he was a well-known criminal. So good job on taking the bad guy out and you're awarded the key to the city. And, you know, you get, uh, you know, free sandwiches at Sam's shop for the rest of your life. Yeah, like no. that's not, that's not how it works. Like maybe, maybe, maybe in really, really uh, rural parts of the country. But if we're talking about uh, the most, common thing to happen it's probably going to be in an urban city center uh, mm -hmm. which are not too fond of guns you know it's um and, and it's just going to go downhill from there so so really have to think about um this this idea of mindset um as far as i'm concerned as not only constantly uh training yourself whether that be training combatives or uh training in firearms but um also understanding your environment as a whole like if you're going out in public space and, and carrying a gun um, you shouldn't be going to stupid places with stupid people where stupid things can happen right you should avoid those things at all costs because if it's found out that you're carrying a gun on you and you were you know at some type of rave or a party or at a bar god god forbid like there's there, there's going to be a lot of aftermath that you're going to have to deal with um yeah and, and that's I mean, kind of the yeah go ahead it's it's to me the the mindset piece of it is it's like that you're talking about like the understanding you know of everything that the consequences you know what i mean it's mm -hmm. like being part, or at least it's a big part of it you know because you have to understand it's a responsibility carrying a weapon uh particularly a firearm the ability to take a life like you yeah. just said it's never going to be like it is in the movie where you just you kill the evil person and then everything is roses. It's never going to work out that way. And 
you have to like make peace with that. Uh, or at least yes. that's how I look at it. If you're going to be somebody <clears throat> who wants to do those things and you'd want to justify everything that you do with protecting yourself and your family and your community. And I think that's, that's righteous. Like you absolutely fucking should, but you also have to make peace with the reality of it. And that's where I think mindset is because like you were saying earlier, right? I just see red, bro. Like I just see red. I can't get you. I'm just, I'm just angry. And I just go, that to me isn't mindset. That to me is, that's more an attitude and a, and a piss poor one at that. Like, yes, that's just being aggressive. You yes. have no mindset. And that's where I think we talked about this when you were on last time with like guys that don't train combatives like jujitsu, right? Yes. They just go, they pedal to the metal and you get like 30 seconds and they're completely gassed and then they're done. You can do whatever you want with them. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, this, that this overlacking or, or, or this overlooked, um, I, idea of cons uh, of of mindset uh you know just isn't relegated to uh just you know personal defense stuff you know it you know it, it can be even uh rolled over again into the competitive shooting circuit you know like if you want to be a uspsa grandmaster then, then then you have to be dedicated to that cause like you have to be dry firing so much that you know their your your hands are peeling you know that mm. uh you know you're you're going to the range so often that you're potentially wearing out barrels and wearing out parts because you know that is your goal is to get to this specific classification and you're not going to get there just by just being like oh i guess i'm just going to go in go in this competition just see how i do like no if if you actually want to get better at something and in this something this example being you know uh, a specific classification in a uh in the competitive shooting world specifically uspsa like you have to be dedicated without a doubt and i feel like that is severely lacking rolled over into the self-defense space because because again there really is no standard other than if you're learning from a guy who did the thing at the place multiple times, you know, and uh, he's a living, breathing a example of, you know, what can be done uh, in, we'll say, very, in a very inhospitable environment in a specific scenario. But other than that, there's really no way to measure that standard because there isn't one other than by his word. Of, of, of his tale or his story, unless he himself is also going out there and training to his standard. And the easiest way to do that is in the, uh, in some type of, uh, you know, competitive shooting circuit, because that way you can measure some sort of standard other than just resting on your laurels. You know, like I, I myself am a veteran, obviously, uh, but I do feel that uh, there are a lot of people out there who are also veterans who rest on those laurels uh, and, and have a huge following because of those laurels. Um, and that's, you know, their entire identity, which again, if that's your thing, that's great. Uh, but also don't be um, selling people on techniques or tactics or um, just certain ways of doing things because it worked for you, you know, 10, 15 years ago, like st stuff evolves over time. Oh yeah, um, and, and and if you're just regurgitating the same stuff just to uphold an image 
that was you in the past, uh, you're definitely not only doing yourself a disservice and your brand, but more importantly, uh, the patrons that are going out of their way to support you in your business journey. Um, you know, the, the, my biggest fear as a teacher is me not giving my students enough and then, uh, it's game day, it's go time, so to speak, and they aren't able to uh, perform to that level of standard uh, in the protection of themselves or their loved ones or, uh, you know, in a stage specifically in a, in a in a competitive shooting circuit. Yeah, it's it's one of those things, you know, I just talk about instructors. It We see a ton of and that's why uh, you're referring to the industry and um, people, you know, people have pushed back and like, I don't like that word. It's we're a community, yeah. but we treat each other like shit. So yeah. we're definitely not a community. For the sure. best term I actually, uh, heard for it. Uh, it was actually Brandon bridge or, uh, nine banger on Instagram. I talked to him pretty frequently calls it an ecosystem. And I'm like, you know what? That's, that's probably the most accurate turn of phrase. I think I could find for what we, we do in all of this, uh, mm-hmm. and how we all kind of occupy the same space together and, uh, and everything. And, there are those people that will <clears throat> they'll misrepresent themselves uh, to an extent. Not that there isn't something to be said for what they have done in the past, but I feel like if you're somebody like me, right, who wants to learn or or anybody, or you want to learn, you want to advance your skill, like you, you know, you're saying, you want to learn from somebody who's also doing those same things. So while you're at different places in your journey. Uh, towards whatever goals you have, right? You want to be with somebody who's also trying to push. Uh, hey, I know we never, we never, I don't know. I'm assuming you probably didn't shoot too many bill drills when you were in the Marines, but no. but now like, hey, that's a proficiency thing. That's, yes. that's something you work on. It's it's pushing those limits. And and man, when you, I think you, you really nailed it because you look at people who are exceptional individuals in shooting it out, right? Athletes. Patrick Mahomes, right? Uh, Tom Brady, the goat, right? Yeah. These are people that like good enough was never good enough. Like good enough was a phrase that didn't exist. And it's that, I mean, I guess you could probably roll mindset philosophy at, you can write, you roll a lot of words into it, but it's like that there's that inherent quality of character, I guess, you know, yeah, the, the, the term, the, the desire for never settling right? The inherent desire to uh, become 1% better at the minimum every single day, to Mm -hmm. uh, never get comfortable with settling on yourself. Like there's never a time where um, I I leave either uh, my gym post-workout, the mats uh, post-jujitsu, or uh, the actual gun range completely like, yep, that went perfectly as planned. That went 100% the way that I wanted it. Like, That's no, nothing. I mean, if I, you know, if, if we're re- removing the idea or, or, or the examples of, of, of the gym or jujitsu, and we're talking just about guns and you could very easily do that if you just, you know, go the range and uh, you stay at three yards the whole time. And you're just doing, you know, one reload ones. I mean, I, I'd feel probably pretty good about myself, you know, after, you know, shooting a hundred rounds of that. Uh, but if you're truly dedicated to this idea of never settling, 
and always becoming that much better, uh, then you should be going out there specifically, again, using example of the range to doing the drills that you know you suck at. Like you want to really humble yourself very simply and easily. Put a BA to 25 yards for a pistol. And I can guarantee you that you will want to hum your gun over the berm if you're really pushing yourself on specific drills at 25. Uh, but again, if you're staying at three the whole time and you're using an entire open USPSA target, then yeah, you'll feel pretty damn good about yourself. <laughs> um, same thing, you know, like if you go to the gym and you just do, <laughs> you just do, you know, bench press and bicep curls every day, like, yeah, you'll, you'll probably feel pretty, pretty good and puffy every day, nice and swole. Or if you uh, go to jujitsu and you're, you know, a higher belt and all you do is roll with the white belts, like, yeah, you'll probably feel pretty damn good about yourself every time you leave. Uh, mm -hmm. But if you're a, uh, individual of worth, an individual that has character, uh, that then you know that you should be doing the movements or the workouts that you suck at, rolling with the higher belts or doing the drills, the shooting drills that you know you need to work on. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of my, yeah, my two cents it, on it. It's such a, and it, it is at least it's to me anyways. It, it seems to that extent to be a rare thing in in our space. You know, because like you'd mentioned earlier, people want to build an image. They want to build a following. So they find their <clears throat> um, niche, right? They find they yeah. kind of you, you get in where you fit in, which I get yeah. is kind of where we all need to. I, I'll say that's where everyone should start if you're yeah. looking to build some kind of following. And that that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But then they stay there. And yeah. what it does, my opinion, my perspective on it is it's just kind of festers right and you just regurgitate the same information you learned in the military or that you you know what i mean you just turn over and churn that same pool of knowledge without actually pushing yourself to get any better uh and you hide behind like you said you know uh sharply worded uh captions and things but it's not actually getting better are you pushing yourself to explore new areas of development are you and, and are you trying to actually help other people do it too? I think that's an important piece of all this, especially if you're going to be one of those individuals out there promoting yourself as somebody who's a subject matter expert, right? Or yeah. a resource, or at the very least, somebody to be respected. Look at me, I can do X, Y, Z, whether it's hitting a baseball or driving a car or shooting, right? <clears throat> and it, it the quality of people's character, like I'll keep coming back to that because I feel like if you have, maybe not always, you know, maybe not always, but for the most part, if you are a quality individual and you're in search of those things, chances are you've encountered struggles that people are also coming to you with the questions, with the frustration. And truly, if you're, if you're trying to get better at this, you're going to help those people because, and you know, this as a teacher, being able to teach something and explain something in more than one way is only going to make you better at that thing. Uh, it's, it's tricky, you know, until you actually have to try and teach someone how to do it. And you only know one way to explain it. And what happens when that doesn't work and you go, I uh, uh, just do better. It's yeah. 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 And, and, and you look like an idiot in, in front of your students, you know, and uh, I, I honestly think it's, it, it's a double-edged sword with, uh, social media as a whole, it's very easy to 
um, hide behind, you know, a page you've created and only uh, tailor and post uh, content that you want to, you know, like you can mm-hmm. post the the so-called cold start drill that you've developed, yet you did it 50 times before you picked out the best one of the 50 iterations that you did to uh, post it on uh, your actual page and say, right. oh yeah, see, you know, I right. smoked this cold start, you know, it's so, so it's very easy to throw up smoke and mirrors, but at the same time, it can also be used for inherent good. Like if it, you know, if, if social media didn't exist, I probably, it would be more difficult for me to grow my brand. We probably would have never met, uh, you know, sure. so, so, so there's, there, there's a lot of positives to it as well, but it's also very easy to get drawn into uh, uh, the kind of, malignant concepts of uh or the the uh negative ideas and connotations behind social media uh because it's you know it's very easy to money grab or to get your likes or get your follows which in turn may have an roi for your business and then you're in this uh repeatable loop uh and you very easily put your uh you know character uh to the side uh, in lieu of those numbers in your bank account, which is a sad That's, state of affairs. But yeah, I was just going to say you um, lose sight of what you started out to do. Absolutely. And, you know, and, you know, I told myself originally when I left my full-time job, like, I'm not, I'm not doing this to, you know, have a, have a mansion and fancy sport cars and whatever. That'd be great. But I'm also yeah. a, a realist and I know that that's not real life. You know, I, I do this because I've, Personally, as, uh, you know, as uh, shameful as it may sound, I've always wanted to do what I want for how much I want uh, whenever I want, you know, and I can do that by tailoring my own business. But also, um, I also enjoy helping people and making people better and making people not feel so vulnerable and and empowering people that may have started the class out uh, very, you know, quiet, shoulders forward, you know, maybe they're a loner type individual. Maybe they came to the seminar by themselves. Maybe they don't have a shooting group or shooting community uh, to uh, to kind of come together and go to the range with. And then by the end of the seminar, they're trading phone numbers with the other people in the class. They're, you know, getting together. They're training together. You know, I'm talking to them six weeks later and, you know, they went out to dinner together. They're, they're going to a, a, another class with another instructor together. Um, and, and that's what it's about for me, because the reality is that all of us in this ecosystem mm-hmm. uh, are the villains. You know, we we are the individuals that those in power hate. They hate what we stand for because uh, we very safely uh, and uh, those that train can accurately shoot things with privately owned weapons and uh government doesn't like that too much Um, so the last thing that we need right now is more division in this ecosystem Um, and and it's it's easy to say that uh, it's a lot harder to actually follow through with trying to be better right because we see a post and this guy said this thing and this guy ripped off this product or I can't believe he said that thing and you know it turns into this high school childish shit and Mm -hmm. we don't need that you know we need be able to empower each other uh, bring each other up when we may have been knocked down, 
um, show each other a different way of doing things, whether it's through shooting, whether it's through uh, knowing how to use comms and radios, whether it's uh, patrolling, whether it's uh, knowing how to uh, set up a proper hide site or, or, or campsite. You know, I, I, I have a bunch of friends of mine over at Parker Mountain Machine that, you know, they go on night hikes in the wintertime uh, because they're their their facility is right near a little local mountain so they throw night vision on and they just go hike together with night vision like nothing firearm related but just knowing mm -hmm. you know how dual tubes or single tubes or green versus white and and how that works in you know darkly lit conditions on a trail um they also you know uh go in and camp together so seeing how different tent setups work or uh you know sleeping bag systems or warming layers etc like it's so much more than just the gun it's all about being self-sustainable and not relying on a government entity to lend a hand when all hell breaks loose yeah. um so we now more than ever need to uh, like I said, I, I can't harp it enough, come together and help each other out and try to find a common goal, whatever that common goal is, uh, because it's very easy, as we saw in the past three years, to divide people. Um, as, as, as soon as you isolate groups of people and you put out very fearful terminology and verbiage, uh, things go south very quickly. And yeah. We need we, we don't need any of that in, in, in this ecosystem at all. No. And to me, there's something because one of the big divisions I, I that I see and have seen is with uh, like a great example is the uh, the attempted. Right. Because a couple of weeks ago here, it got overturned or blocked or whatever was the pistol brace uh, ban. Right. Or the attempted yeah. ban. Uh, yep. by the sitting administration and <clears throat> when it came through and there was of course there was months of discussion and whispers and uh and eventually it got to the point where they were trying to enforce it and then we're at where we are today but all of that to say there are people that would have that, that did take the approach of and i it's one of the things i fucking hate seeing more than almost anything is free men don't ask permission yeah which i agree in its core belief i i agree with what you're saying but to me two things one i think there's something noble about kind of i don't want to say playing within the bounds but we have a we have a democratic republic there is a way that our system works I'm not saying it can't work better because it sure as shit can and there's a process which eventually did play itself out and that that ban was blocked but we're not going to my second point there being that if we want to further our freedoms and our enforce and, you know, uh, back our, our liberties and our freedoms and our rights and everything, you have to do things. What I'll say is, is the right way. And I think it's so counterproductive that we get this toxic idea that, uh, by somehow not, uh, I don't even know how to say this by not it, by not playing the game to win the game. Right. We are yeah. accomplishing the goal by just throwing the board. And that's not how this works. Um, I think it's a poor way to look at things. And I think it's a sure way to cause more problems than it solves. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can even, you know, apply it over to the people that, um, you know, you can call them the, the doomers, you know, instead of the boomers, you know, the people that, 
uh, you know, are just like, you know, it's not worth it to do anything because, you know, the, the world's going to end, the government's going to fall and all this and that. Um, and you can continue to live, you know, with that idea or dare I say that mindset. Uh, but it's usually the people that have never been to war that are easily saying like, oh yeah, you know, the, the government's going to fall. It's going to be a post-apocalyptic world that we're going to live in, yada, yada. I hope that isn't the case. You know, I, I, I hope we don't end up in another civil war. It, those people scare me. The ones that seem like they're praying for yeah. uh, nationwide internal conflict and yeah. like have these weird fantasies about that becoming a reality uh, for sure and 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 crazy. those are those are usually the same people that you know will say you know free men don't ask for permission um yeah i loop them together yeah 100 <laughs> percent. yeah for sure and you know there, there's definitely a, a give and take with everything uh you know unless you're going to uh manufacture your own suppressors yourself like you actually have to go through the process of applying for a tax stamp to uh, legally obtain those suppressors. Uh, I'm not saying that you as a free American can't do what you want. And if you want to obtain it another way, that's fine. But again, there's, there, there's going to, to probably be something that you're going to have to uh, deal with legally, you know, mm-hmm. um, after that, yeah. if, if that's what you want to do. Uh, but when it comes to, these these individuals that you know in envision you know why do we even play this game anymore because it's all going to end soon as you said those are the scariest type people to deal with because you know as a dad myself you know i i hope my kids won't ever have to deal with some type of internal civil war in our country because it's not going to be fun it's going to be a lot of death it's going to be a lot of famine it's going to be a lot of looting it's going to be things that um I don't think uh, people are really ready for, you know, the. I was just going to say they're not prepared to make the choices that come with yeah. all of that. Yeah. Like, you know, you're going to kill somebody the, the, over a loaf of bread. Yeah. I mean, do that? the best example I found to really put things into perspective as to how dark things can become um, is A, you look back in history uh, during the Hurricane Katrina scenario down in Louisiana. People went feral very quickly. You know, there's a, I forget who said it, uh, but uh, there was an individual years ago that said there's only nine meals uh, between peace and anarchy. Um, In the reality of like, you take people's food away, it only takes nine meals for people to absolutely lose their shit. You know, we, we, we even saw it in the beginning of 2020, people can get toilet paper. Like people lost their minds over that. Yeah, mm-hmm. over something we would never have in a million years imagined would yeah. cause. Now, <laughs> now think about people that get a coffee every day or mm-hmm. get a breakfast sandwich every day or eat the same thing every day. And now they can't get it. Now the store is closed or uh, they're not getting shipment deliveries of food to the grocery store. People will get frantic very, very quickly. The other example I use of the Hurricane Katrina is if you ever read the book The Road by Cormac McCarthy probably one of the darkest post-apocalyptic uh, books I've ever read. They actually made a 
it, it was one of the rare instances where the movie actually did the book very well, in my opinion. I'm sure there's somebody that read The Road that's like, oh, the movie was horrible. Uh, I thought the movie was pretty decent in correlation to the book. Uh, the main character in it is actually uh, acted by Viggo Mortensen. Um, so he's, he's a fantastic actor. Mm -hmm. uh, but I highly recommend that. That will show you how quickly things go south and even in a really darker way, how uh, humans will actually in very specific situations even resort to cannibalism, right? Things that we can't even imagine as peace-going, happy-go-lucky people, you know? Uh, people want to say those things. People want to very easily say like, oh, I, I know what uh, I'll do in that scenario. But until you're actually in it, uh, and until you actually have, have seen uh, poverty on a countrywide level and see kids, you know, playing in mud in the dirt and, and bringing buckets of water back to the house because there's no plumbing, uh, you know, there's no running water, there's none of that. Uh, I, I think as a whole, we really take things here in our country really for granted, you know, and that's not to put myself on a pedestal and say like, Oh, you don't know what it's like, man. I've seen things you can only imagine. You know, it's just like that. Th that's just my two cents on things. Um, mm -hmm. Like uh, until you've actually physically experienced it yourself, you can read about it all day in books and history and watch movies about it and and, and train all day. Uh, but until you're actually in those scenarios, it's uh, it, it's easier to say one thing when in reality you may have a different perspective once you're actually living it. Yeah, and it's that's what that's what makes the the posturing that we that some the facade that people put up on some of these things it's so crazy, and it, it in my mind even in some ways reinforces right the need to have that mindset. Yeah, you know, I mean, and you can take it, you can you can pull it back. You know, we can get away from the post apocalyptic thing and even just say. Okay, what if you're at the store, at the mall, right, as a civilian, and you see somebody start committing a mass shooting? Are you equipped mentally, emotionally, aside from the physical skills that come with it, right, to react accordingly? And that doesn't mean you have to be the one to chase the guy down and end it. Are you going to be able to carry your kid and wife back out to the car, back out to safety, or anybody else who's around you, let alone, are you a police officer who never thought that you would ever end up in that position? I mean, it's unfortunately, very sadly, probably more likely than not in today's world than it was 25 years ago. Yeah. But are you really, are you there ready to go? Are, are you going to be? Um, and it's an interesting question because, I mean, it's easy to say yes. Yeah. But I would are you really? Yeah. And, and the, the path to readiness is not an easy one. No, uh, the, the path to get there is, is steep. It's narrow. Uh, it's single file. You're usually going to be by yourself a lot. There's going to be a lot of false peaks involved. And just when you think that you finally got there, you're going to look up again and then there's going to be another trail, another cliff to climb. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's the sheer fact that, uh, people so very easily just don't want to put in the work, uh, because, uh, 
insert whatever excuse that you want, right? I excuses are a dime a dozen nowadays, you know, work, money, uh, you know, uh, travel time, uh, gas, you know, whatever it may be. And some of them are very valid excuses. You know, we only have so much time in a day, depending on what your work schedule is. A lot of people working multiple jobs nowadays. Uh, there's a lot of people that are traveling far from their house in order to do the work that they're getting paid very little for. Um, so your path to readiness may take longer than others, but it's a sheer fact of you not allowing excuses to hamper your desire to be better. You know, I like, and, I like that phrase false peaks that you used because I think that plays into a lot of what we see with some of those, some people that are convinced they have it all figured out. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you go, you, you come up here to New Hampshire and you, you, you go up in the white mountains and you go hiking for a bit. Uh, it, it, it puts it realistically in a perspective, you know, you, you, uh, you, you go up for a, a day hike and you think you're going to get to the top and you think you're at the top and then you look around the corner and then there's a whole nother peak that you didn't even see that was there before. Um, and, and unfortunately, it's that that area of New Hampshire uh, takes many, many people's lives every year. You know, I, I I joke in a dark way and and say that the that the mountain yearns for blood. You know, the uh, the the mountains require a yearly sacrifice of what we call flatlanders. You know, we we have people come up from Massachusetts and Rhode Island and Connecticut. Uh, and, and you can look it up. It happens every single year. I'm sure it'll 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 happen uh, soon, you know, before first snowfall, uh, before snow gets heavy up there, but people are like, Oh, I'm just going to go for a hike. And they're very lightly dressed and they don't really understand how quickly weather can change up in that area. And they'll be halfway up to the summit and a, a, a sneak, uh, a freak, sorry, blizzard comes through and completely kills them instantly, or they get disoriented. They get lost. They, they walk off the cliff face. They have to have mountain rescue come and take them off the mountain. Um, so those things can can go south very very quickly. Um, but but the idea of a false peak in in this philosophical meaning meaning that uh, just when you think it's over, it's not, and to not get frustrated by it, you know, well, to that 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 false confidence and people are so I can't even I'm, the word is escaping me, but like they're so it's so ingrained in them they they believe it so much that they have the answers uh and and the dunning kruger effect it's called is that what it, okay yeah in a in, in 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 a psychological sense the dunning kruger effect basically means that people that are at a substandard level are usually the people that think that they are the outperformers when in reality it's the high performers that actually um have their ego in check and they actually think that they could perform uh even better as in they're not satisfied you know, it, that it's, sounds it's, like it, most of society, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's it, it's the people that have either very low IQ or very low physical standards. You know, the people that say, "I just see red, bro," and and they think they're at such a high either physical level or or, or mental level, uh, when in reality they should just be keeping their mouth shut and just listening. You know, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's uh that, that's a good uh, technical term for it. Do you run into that in your classes? You run into uh, any of those individuals that just think they got it figured out when they walk in the door? You know, I'm super grateful for the fact that usually I don't. Um, 
you know, people that are coming to my seminars are paying out of their own pocket. They're usually driving from far and they're pretty open-minded because of that. Um, the, the horror stories I've heard from a lot of other people that do sometimes a lot of closed enrollment stuff uh, mm-hmm. for military and law enforcement, uh, meaning that they're usually forced to be there. You know, they're not paying out of their own dime, so there's no cost involved to them. Um, it's just kind of just another thing to do, just go through the motions. And those are usually, uh, usually the uh, worst type of people because those people say, oh, I don't need to be here. You know, I've always done it this way sort of thing. Uh, but typically the people that are traveling from far uh, that are paying out of their own pocket are are going to be open-minded. You know, that's not to say that they're not going to have good questions and saying like, oh, I learned this way. Why do you do it that way? That That's fine. But uh, very rarely do those people like uh, um, die on that hill. As I like to say, you know, they're not going to very rarely do those people that pay out of their own pocket say like, nope, I know you're teaching this way, but I refuse to do it because it's the way I've always been taught. I want to interrupt this episode to tell you guys all about our friends over at Ben Franklin Range. Guys, you've heard our episodes, you've heard our discussions, you've heard it mentioned on social media. The facility at Ben Franklin is absolutely top-notch. They're located out in Templeton, Pennsylvania. And guys, this is a one-stop shop. They have 1,200 acres of land, so whether you want to go practice some overlanding and do some off-roading, or you're looking for a facility to host a CQB class, they have a shoot house. You're looking for a place to host a shooting course, they have not one, but two turf ranges. Maybe you want to stretch out, you want to reach out to distance, they have an absolutely outstanding long distance, actually unknown distance range that is available for rent. You guys can head over to their website at benfranklinrange.com for more information, and you can reach out and contact the team there at BFR via email at info at benfranklinrange.com or give them a call, 412-439-8751. Guys, it's an absolutely outstanding facility. Cannot recommend them enough. Now let's get back to this week's discussion. You know, if if people are going to go out of their way to 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 search you and, and and try to cultivate you for information, typically they're going to be pretty open minded. You know, like I had three guys that uh, just the beginning of this month, uh, I did a class, uh, an, an an indoor seminar, an indoor pistol seminar, and in Rhode Island, and they 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 were from Syracuse, New York. So it was four and a half hours one way, and it was a one day seminar. So they drove down Friday. Stayed yeah. the night at a Holiday Inn right down the road, did the class. And as soon as we wrapped up Saturday, they drove four and a half hours home. Um, so, so so they definitely were invested in this idea of of training and, uh, you know, wanting to become better. Yeah. And that's like I and this is kind of something I've like <laughs> grown into over the last several years, even before I started this podcast was like when I when I will encounter people in this space, this ecosystem, right? Uh, And not that I want to, I won't discredit folks who haven't taken classes yet. And I say that by like, I'm not going to think less of you as a human. Yeah. Like, oh dude, what are you doing with your life? Because I get it. Everyone's financial situation is very different. For sure. You know, there was a point in my life where I really couldn't, you know, justify that to myself yet. Obviously that's changed. But the fact that we have some, that there are people that will legitimately, they won't acknowledge yeah. that there's somebody that knows more. And that's that investment that, uh, 
that uh, a monetary, that physical manifestation of that, of that acknowledgement and justification, right? Uh, it's, if that's not there, I, those people, I don't know how much I would trust somebody like that. Like you really think you have it all sorted that you, or likewise, maybe you do, maybe you're so great at, I don't know, field craft, bushcraft, whatever, Yeah. but you don't have anything you want to learn about handguns, uh, combatives, uh, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, things like that. You don't have anything you want to learn about CQB or, I mean, pick a topic, right? There's yeah. nothing, you know what I mean? Like there's that, there should be, I think anyways, that in that desire to learn and seek out that information. Even if you went to class, if, you know, if I go to one of your seminars and you teach me, I, it's really hard to put a number on any of these things, but you teach me 15 things, right? And maybe I only like six. Didn't I also then just learn nine ways I didn't like to do? Th- I mean, everything's a learning opportunity. It's a very close-minded approach to life if you're not even willing to hear what people have to say and also to pay a little bit of money to figure that out for yourself, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it all comes down to priorities. You know, what are you willing to prioritize as a benefit to you in your lifestyle. Like, you know, some people prioritize, you know, going to the bar every Friday. Some people prioritize going out to eat every single night. Mm-hmm. Some people prioritize going uh, on vacation three times a year or to have a boat or have a jet ski or to have a four wheeler or to have a second home, you know, down in Florida, right? That That's fine. You're, you're an adult. You can do whatever you want. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you're going to have to give a little to get a little. Um, as I always uh, jokingly asked, you know what one of the uh, biggest silent killers of men is? Ego? Comfort. Uh, okay, yep. <laughs> People very easily resort to things that they are comfortable with versus going out and trying new things. Because trying new things for the average person is scary. It's daunting. Um, it's going to be very uncomfortable. Uh, you don't know what's going to be around the next corner, whether, uh, literally or, uh, in a philosophical sense. Uh, so because of that, uh, because people don't really, don't really know what's going to come down the road or, or, or know what's going to come next in line, people will stay where they're comfortable are, regardless if they're miserable or not. Uh, Mm -hmm. they're unwilling to change because of that fear, you know, fear, fear and comfort are kind of one and the same as far as I'm concerned. Like you can, and and I talked about this, um, with a good friend of mine on the, uh, uh, redacted podcast. Uh, we, we, we talked about comfort versus complacency, you know, like, um, and, and I guess complacency is a better term. Uh, complacency is a uh, silent killer of men, you know, because because you should at some point in your life understand comfort, right? You shouldn't like be at the razor's edge for your entire life until you die on your deathbed, right? It's going to be a yeah. pretty anxiety ridden, <laughs> miserable life. Like if you're always, you know, put if you're always throttling the needle 24 seven, right? Um, you should get out of your comfort zone more often than you want. But at the same time, like 
you know, it's, it's okay to sit on the couch and relax by the fire and, you know, watch your favorite movie on Netflix. Like that's okay. Like you're, you're not going to die because of it and you're not going to lose all your strength or your uh, skill level with your shooting. If you relax for a moment, right. Complacency though, that's a whole different story, right? Like if, 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 if you're allowing yourself to just kind of float along and not have a plan and, uh, just kind of go about your days just in a uh, existential manner, like just like, oh, well, wake up, go to work, have crappy lunch, go home, eat crappy dinner, yeah. watch my Netflix, stay up till 1 a.m., doom scrolling on Instagram, go to bed, repeat until I die, right? That That is the for sure definition of complacency. And a lot of times for many people, it's hard to kind of get out of that cycle, uh, because to get out of being complacent, you're going to have to do something new, uh, something that you're not comfortable with and something that's going to probably push you on a on a physical and, and mental level. You know, whether that be, yeah. again, going to the gym, going to the mats, going to the range, uh, because all of those things require some form of, uh, you know, mental toughness and, and some type of uh, physicality. You know? Yeah, and and putting yourself in a in a position to be uncomfortable, and being comfortable being uncomfortable, yeah. I guess you know. Yes. Uh, and it can be you can start small and be anything. Like I started today. I uh, had a couple people recommend to me like, hey, start your morning with a cold shower, ice yeah. cold. Yeah. And I was not about <laughs> yeah. it. I was not about it, but I, like I yeah. even set a timer. I like at when at three minutes, I was like, all right, nope, shower's done, you know. But yeah, uh, that was different. But you know what? I think there might be something to it. I did feel a little bit better. Oh, yeah, um, dude, for sure. It's it sucks. <laughs> it's still not my favorite thing. I mean, oh, yeah, no, like I, but, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those uh, weirdos that, you know, has the whole ice barrel set up in his basement. So I have like a, it's called a, uh, it's called a chiller. It's, it looks like a little air conditioning unit that attaches to the barrel and, and you can crank that thing down to get it to, I think the coals I've gone is like 38 degrees. Um, but it's, you know, just like a look, it looks like a faux plastic, uh, you know, like an old timey wooden barrel, but it's just all polymer plastic. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like it, it's miserable. Like to, to like, that's the first thing I do as soon as I wake up, like pre-coffee, pre-breakfast, just getting there for two to three minutes and that's all you need. And it, and it, and it is, and it completely removes the mental fog, uh, boosts your immune system, uh, grows your brown fat, which your brown fat is good for uh, the cold, you know, so you're not miserable, you know, being outside in the cold, especially if you live up by me or by you up in Michigan, it gets yeah. pretty cold in the wintertime. Um, so it, it definitely helps with those things. But yeah, doing the doing the hard things are super important. You know, like we as we as human beings actually thrive in adversity, but it's because we've over the millennia have slowly, as far as I'm concerned, devolved into a more sedentary lifestyle. Uh, that we don't want to do the hard things anymore. Like I have uh, a lot of friends by me up here that own their own small businesses, whether they're a plumber or an electrician or um, general construction, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they just have nobody to work for them because nobody wants to do physical labor anymore. They just want to 
you know, be a, be a pod, uh, no offense, but, you know, like be like a, uh, oh, yeah, you know, no just, ju just be like a full-time podcaster or to, uh, you know, be in crypto or just do something behind a desk, you know, well, versus jokes on them. Cause I don't make <laughs> shit for money doing this. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know, like, and, and they don't, they, they don't want to, or, or even like being a lineman, you know, like we had a freak snowstorm, uh, March of, 23 so earlier this year we had like 36 inches of snow dumped and thankfully uh we had a uh wired in generator installed in my house a couple years ago so we had no problem but the rest of the street here where i live everyone was out for power for like a week and it was because they had to bring linemen up from georgia tennessee mm -hmm. Just because there are there literally aren't enough people to to do that work anymore nobody wants to do those physical jobs when in reality like the, that that is where we as human beings thrive like are you gonna trust somebody when shit hits the fan that has just been a behind a desk behind a living or somebody that has some form of calluses on their hand you know that, well, have, we, that we've spent so many so many years letting people tell us that those jobs those skills are somehow less valuable you're worth oh, yeah. less if you if you quite literally work for a living like i mean i work for a bank and i i work on the computer all day long and yeah. i like the job don't get me wrong but like yeah. uh my my father is a, a pipe fitter at yeah. uh, automakers and it it's great he he provided a great living for our family and and has had a good career and everything but People undervalue, you know, hey, I wish I would have learned more of that stuff. Now I'm bugging him all the time when I have plumbing related issues because oh yeah, you have to sustain the home which you purchase, which you live in, unless you're one of those yeah. people that you, know, you rent and then you're bugging your landlord. And that is a very disadvantageous position to put yourself. You're at the mercy of somebody finding the time to fix it versus having that knowledge, having that skill. And that's, again, like we said, it's like outside the shooting space, right? But those are skills. Same thing. My neighbor's an electrician. I don't know shit about electrical. I'm really bad at it. Thankfully, he's a nice guy and retired. So he came and helped yeah. me with stuff. But like knowing those things are, it's not cool. It's not attractive, but it's going to make a huge difference and save a bunch of money in your life for your family these sustainment things we're talking about it doesn't always have to be you know camping out and rucking it and small unit tactics like the economy kind of sucks right now don't you think it'd be cool if you saved that money on a repairman because you can do those things yourself yeah you know yeah or like you know knowing how to set up a chicken coop have have chickens have those small small animals how to you know, grow some basic vegetables, you know, to, to slowly wean yourself off of the, uh, government cog, so to speak, you know, to mm -hmm. be less part of the machine, which is again, easier said than done. You know, like I have a, I have a, I have a friend of mine that, that works for a certain three letter agency of the government. And he has a non, -I, a non iPhone, uh, non Mac, like he is, he has gone through the process of being quite literally off the system, but it is such a pain to get to that point. 
Like you can do it, you know, you, you can, you can uh, go through the process of not having a digital footprint, but it is extremely difficult and a pain in the ass. Like, you know, you, you now you have to go to the bank to deposit your check, you can't do things online. You have to do everything in person and, and they do that intentionally in a way so that you are part of the system. Um, they can so, make money off you. Exactly. You know, <laughs> so, so slowly learning to, uh, separate yourself. And again, it doesn't have to be all at once. It can be little things one by one. Uh, but, you know, as they say, you know, uh, small sticks make a big pile after a while. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so, so doing those, those small things, you know, start with a couple chickens, maybe you like goats, maybe you start with growing, you know, some tomatoes or some lettuce or whatever else, or you start learning, uh, you know, bits and parts and cherry picking off of your retired electrician neighbor to understand how to wire this wire with that wire or how to, you know, bug your dad a bit to, you know, understand basic plumbing. It's, it's those things over time, um, that's just going to make you that much better as a human being. And, you know, people that are listening to this right now are probably saying, oh, that's easy for you to say, you know, I got this job and that job. I got, you know, four kids. I got a wife. I got all these things. Like, I get that, you know, mm -hmm. but again, it comes down to what you are willing to deprioritize and replace that with something instead that you are willing to pri prioritize. And usually the things that you are forced to deprioritize are, it's going to be painful. It's going to be the things that give you that dopamine hit that make you feel good. Okay. Whether that be going to the bar or eating, eating shitty takeout, like the, the, those, those feelings are fleeting and they're done that and they're done that intentionally for a reason so that you're a return-based customer. Return customer. Right? So you're yep. So you're in this recurring cycle of shoving your face full of beer or MSG or both or whatever it may be. Um, mm -hmm. So it, it it is gonna for sure be difficult at first to to slowly take those things away and replace them with something new that in the beginning may feel um, uncomfortable, right? Like so for you, if you keep on this trend on doing that cold shower, and again, it doesn't have to be like you you know you don't have to do two minutes every day, right? Maybe going for 15 seconds, then 30, then 45, then a minute, minute 15, right? It's all these small increments over time, but doing it as much as you can, like it, getting in a habit of it is so important. That's why I personally feel that people very easily fall out of, uh, you know, uh, new things that they are trying to prioritize is because they're not making it habitual, Right. Um, so you need to do it when you don't feel like it, when you're tired, uh, when the full circle here, mindset maybe isn't fully there. Those are the best times for you to do those hard things. Like I can't tell you how many times that, you know, I've been driving on my way to jujitsu and I'm just not in the mood. Right. I'm tired. I didn't get enough sleep. I'm worn out from last class, whatever excuse that I want to yeah. uh, say to myself as I'm driving yeah. to the gym. But those are what I end up finding out is then two hours later, as I'm walking back out to my car, that was probably one of the best classes that I've had. Um, because I was, uh, I, I did it when I didn't want to, because it's very easy to do the things that you like when you want to, right. Or it's very easy to do. It's even easy to do the, the things that are hard when you want to, but to do the hard things when you don't want to, that's 
the difficult part. And that's where most people fall out, right? That's where most people will give up that habitual thing. Uh, oh, I'll just do it tomorrow. Then it rolls in tomorrow. Uh, I'm not feeling me. I'll do it the next day. And then as soon as you know, it's two weeks later and you've completely removed it out of your theoretical vocabulary, right? And then you just kind of just like throw it to the waist, like, oh, well, that didn't work out whatever. And then you move on to the next thing and then you end up replacing it with another potential bad habit. And I, and I challenge people to really have that honest conversation with themselves. When you talk about trying to shift lifestyle or, uh, you know, I hate the phrase, Oh, I got to make time for this because you have the time. You're just shit at managing it. And that's okay. It's okay that that's what's going on, but be honest with yourself. And if you really, you know, cut out, like you said, going to the bar or, you know, or sitting there and just vegging out and watching Netflix, which, hey, I got no hate. Like, I do it too. But yeah. the hour and a half or two and a half hours or more, whatever you spend doing that could be spent doing one, two, three other things. And here's the thing for all of us that end up, and I, I say us because I am one of those people that have trouble sleeping at night. Hey, if you are more tired at the end of the night because you filled your time with things that are that need to get done things that you're, you're being productive, you're exerting yourself, you're doing, you know, whatever, then you fall asleep faster. The next day is now better because of the things you did the day before. And it, it, it's, it's, it's almost a matter of perspective, right? You can look at it like, oh, I don't want to do that. Cause that's hard. And I don't, I'm not going to feel good about it. Yeah. Or you can look at it and say, all right, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to do better. I'm going to act differently. I'm going to live differently. And if it really is that miserable, then, okay, you can course correct. But I think most people would be surprised to find that it's not as bad as you imagine it to be. Uh, I just think we're, as, as a society, right, at a point where we're just, at least we're very sedentary. We don't want to do stuff. We just want to yeah. kind of veg out. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, it definitely comes down to, uh, you know, living in a, in a dopamine fixed society, you know, it's because we're not really a physical culture anymore that when we, when it's time to go to bed and we lay down in our beds, we're still so spun up because we're not physically worn out. And because we're not physically worn out, it's very difficult for a lot of people to get into a good sleep cycle because they're still wound for sound. When, mm-hmm. you know, years ago, when our grandfathers, great grandfathers used to till the fields and work out in the sun all day, they couldn't wait to get into bed. And then before they knew it, they closed their eyes. The next thing you know, the the, the, the rooster's calling and they have to go back to work and do it the next day. Um, the, ironically enough, those, the, those dudes who probably had the most physical jobs probably had better sleep than anybody than the average person nowadays. I would, um, yeah, I would bet on that for sure. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, which is, which is funny with, with how much of a, well, I guess ironic with how much of a technological ridden age that we're in right now, we still can't figure out how to get people to sleep properly. Um, and sleep yeah. is highly, um, undervalued in the grand scheme of, you know, getting this supplement or, uh, you know, even in the gun space, getting this new gun or whatever. It's like, how are you sleeping? getting like four hours of sleep three hours of sleep like are you sleeping fully through the night are you waking up are you mm-hmm. like what does your sleep schedule look like because that will affect and cascade across your entire life you know like if, if you can't if you if you're unable to get into that good sleep cycle it's going to affect your cognitive ability the next day it's going to put you unintentionally in a um sympathetic response 
meaning a fight, flight, or freeze response, which is absolutely going to eviscerate your immune system, which is going to put you in a higher percentage of getting uh, sick or um, the flu or whatever, and that's going to put you out even more. And 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 that's where you see a, a recurring theme of people that you may even have in your life or maybe distant family members that you always hear about. They're always complaining about something. Oh, I got sick again or whatever else. And, you know, you, yeah, I, yeah. I'd be curious if you ask them like, A, how's your sleep looking? But B, like, what are you doing and or eating every day? Okay. It's usually um, not good. It's usually not. I can good, say that right? almost for sure. It's probably not and, good. And I think that is just so wild with all of the data and information we have nowadays about what's bad to put in your body, what's good, the harmful side effects of this and that. People will still not change. They refuse to go the extra length to eat a little bit healthier. Uh, you know, the, the 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 fact that cigarette sales are still booming just blows my mind. You know, with all of the all of the data of how horrible cigarettes are for you. People are still buying cartons of them. You know, you see it all the time. You walk in the grocery store, you see people up at the cigarette counter buying cartons. You're like, really? Mm-hmm. Like, and I get that it's done that way so that you are addicted to it. But again, there's so much information available now how to deal with addiction and how to wean yourself off of it. But it's so much easy just to, you know, be the guy that smokes a cigarette or buys the 30 door two like i saw a guy walking out of a gas station the other day at eight in the morning that had two 30 racks of natty light like man starting the starting the morning off right talking up yeah I, <laughs> but that's the thing you know you gotta and my dad said this about uh smoking right because you mentioned smoking my dad and my yeah. mom were my mom still is a smoker and my dad was for a long time and uh he was able to quit you know he he went back to let's he tried the gum he tried the patch he yeah. went to acupuncture three times before it finally stuck and my mom has never quit you know and you remember as a as kids asking like hey why when's mom gonna quit you know what's going on he yeah. goes you have to want oh, to yeah. quit. you have to want to and it's like that it's that it's a little selfish you know i don't feel bad saying that uh people it, it brings you comfort you want to smoke it's it's yeah. one of those things uh you have to want it. You have to want to change. You have to want to be better. Uh, and better can be a lot of different things. Better can be healthier. Uh, knowing that, hey, you know, I'm one of four kids. My dad wants to be around for all the shit that's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or I want to be better at shooting or I want to be better at fill in the blank. You know, yeah. it's that, that, that internal quality that is some people have it. Some people don't, I don't know. Or some people are just better at suppressing it. You have to acknowledge that it's a choice. And there's like, we we've said this a couple of times now, there's a level of discomfort that's going to be there, but it fades. People yeah. think it's going to be, it, I'm going to be that miserable every day in my damn life. No, you're just going through a change. You know what? Like, uh, like when you start going to school as a kid, everybody fucking hates it because yeah. now you go to school and then you eventually just get used to it. You never love it, but it's never as bad. It, you know, it, it gets easier. You yeah. know, it's been, now I'd kill to go back to school now. My biggest problem <laughs> Dude, yeah, is to, feel get, like to go that. back to sleep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'd kill to go back to that. But, uh, you know, and it's that internal realization. I I think that you see successful people and there's that whatever. I don't even know how the best uh, to quantify that. 
uh, but there's that trait. Successful people have it and they acknowledge it and they want to be better. And that's why you see so few exceptional humans, I, I think. Yeah, like a, a lot of times when, when it comes to, uh, you were talking about, hey, they have to be willing to change. Sometimes it takes a drastic change of your immediate environment, whether it be like your physical, actual where you live or uh, the so-called friends in your circle for, for that to abruptly change, whether you wanted it to or whether you didn't. Uh, sometimes that is the uh, that is the cause for for you to want to change. You know, uh, an example that I use is my old man. You know, he's he's sixty six. He worked at uh, General Electric for thirty eight years. He was a test tech, so pretty much any fixed wing or rotary wing military aircraft you can imagine. He's he's put his hands on. He's probably built up and broke it down. You know, the, the A-10, F-14, F-16, F-15, Apache, Blackhawk, anything that could take off of a carrier or a runway or uh, vertically. Um, he's, he's probably put his hands on it. Um, but he also drank my entire life. He was a, he was, he was the definition of a functional alcoholic held a held, held his job there fine. But when, when five o'clock hit at night, every night, he would bust out at least at the minimum, uh, a minimum of a 12 pack of Heineken. Right. And to get him out of the house, if you want to do something spontaneous, like, Oh, let's go, you know, uh, let's go to the mall or whatever. Forget it. it's not going to happen. Right. Yeah. Um, and it took him retiring from G and then moving up here to me, both my parents, my mom, and my dad, they moved up here the next town over and they're both retired now. And it, and it took him moving to a now very rural environment. Cause we used to live in a suburb of just North of Boston. So he, so he lived, you know, we were the definition of suburbanites, yeah. uh, but now he, both my parents live out kind of in the sticks now. And it took that change of his environment, um, for him to want to go cold turkey and that's exactly what he did after probably five decades of drinking mm-hmm. every single day he was able to quit cold turkey and it yeah and my mom said it was rough you know you, you have all of the side effects of going cold turkey as expected if you've been drinking alcohol for that long uh but to this day uh he has never taken a sip has never had a desire to take a sip ever again and he's a completely uh different and in my opinion better man because of it and it was all because he had the desire to want to change you know and my mom stuck with him throughout all of it you know all my uh a lot of relatives you know told my mom to leave him you know or to force him into a rehab place and my mom was unwilling to uh because you know just like if your dad forced your mom to do it uh she would probably not be too big of a fan of him just like my dad wouldn't be a fan of my mom if she forced him to go to rehab or go go to a rehab so she 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 was a trooper and waited out and it was it was definitely worth it um so it so when i hear people say i can't you know i i i can't uh i i can't get to the gym or i can't do that thing and and you know i i i bring my dad up like if my dad can can stop cold turkey drinking after five decades you can get to the gym you can get a membership right you can mm-hmm. figure something out financially or time-wise uh to get in some type of physicality in your life without a doubt 
Yeah, it just comes down to personal determination. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could buy a book and you can work out and exercise outside. You don't need a gym. I no, mean, absolutely not. Like <laughs> machines and stuff are more convenient. That's true. Yeah. But it's not necessary. I mean, do, there was a time, believe it or not, where we didn't have gyms. So do seven minutes of burpees. Put a put a seven minute timer and just do burpees for seven minutes straight. You will... No. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but 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 just as an example, you know, like you don't yeah. need machines. You don't need a Smith machine. You don't need a squat rack. It and that's where I think people get too dissuaded is they you know, see the pop-up link or, or, or the pop-up algorithm on Instagram for some, uh, you know, fitness training, some system, some programming, and they need to do this type of workout, this, that, or this, that, the other thing, but they can't even do a single pull-up or a push-up. It's like, no, you need to develop your calisthenics of your body first before you even think about touching any type of weight. Right, you need you need to move your own weight in a safe manner first, for even think about touching a barbell or a kettlebell or a dumbbell, whatever it is. Right, work on yourself first, and then you will have that solid foundation to then add to it. Yeah, no, hundred percent. That's hundred percent. I mean, it's and it's different for everyone. That's yeah. I, I feel 100%. like we said that, and social media is probably to blame with a lot of it. Like, mm-hmm. hey. Even, you know, JJ Rikaza was probably a bad shooter at some point in his life. Yeah. As hard as it is for any of us to imagine that, because <laughs> I mean, the dude is real good. <laughs> yeah, very good. Uh, yeah. But he, everyone starts somewhere. And, and that's the thing too, you know, that, that path, right. Where, you know, single lane, false peaks, all of it. It's different for everybody. Yeah. There's no, and there's no shame in any of it. Uh, I think we get really wound up looking at people that glamorize it. But like you said, you know, that cold start or whatever, Hey, 51st rep was the magic ticket. And that's the one they put on online. And, uh, you know, and maybe that's <clears throat> something to think about. You know, I've been to, we both, we know Robbie at, at Ann Arbor arms and yep. honestly, uh, the, the, the pistol class that I took with him, my wife and I both took it. We ran the point one tactics cold start Yep, and he demoed it first. He fucking failed. And that instantly put me at ease. It was like that realization that like, and he's a good shooter. He's yep. a really good shooter. And it's like, okay, like, I don't, I don't even know what it was. It was just like reality kind of just like hit me in the back of the head and was like, Hey dude, like it's, everything's fine. You know what I mean? Like you're going to get oh, better. Yeah. It's just going to yeah, look and, different. Yeah. And it's, it's happened to me too. I've, I, I've failed plenty of time on a cold center in front of students and, you know, Robbie or myself could easily have been like, Oh, it's uh think I had a light strike or, you know, uh, think the gravitational pull of the earth is, uh, you know, off on this range a bit or you know, pressure uh, threw off my, uh, Mercury is in retrograde, you know, like w- w- <laughs> whatever, whatever excuse that you want, but it's like, no, like I'm human, just like you, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I am, I'm an imperfect being, you know, I try my damnness to make sure that I am able to perform on demand in front of my students. But at the same time, we're all human. We're all imperfect. Shit happens. Sometimes we have our days. Sometimes we don't have our days, you know? Uh, but the re- but what matters most is, especially as a teacher, if you're going to be in front of teaching, in front of other people teaching, is acknowledging it for what it is. Don't shy from it. Don't, like, be 
completely shamed of it be like yep yeah, i failed right this the this is this is what this is why i failed this is what i did in order to elicit that response my grip was off uh i i had a shitty draw you know my i i fumbled my reload whatever it is right walking your students through your process um is, is going to put everybody more at ease from not only especially if you're a first-time shooter there uh I, I don't know if that was your first class or not with, with with you and your wife but especially if you are if it's your first class not only is it going to like you said put the students uh put the rest of the students at ease but you talking through the process is it's going to show your students that uh you you, you really are uh, a master at your craft because you're able to call out exactly and understand what you did right because especially when you mm -hmm. first get into shooting uh you know, after a drill, I'll ask students like, what'd you do there in trigger press? Or like, how was your grip? What were you doing with your vision? And a lot of them are like, uh, -huh. like, you know, doing they're one of these, doing like, the thing. they're yeah. just, they're, they're just going not just through the motions, but they're thinking about, they're trying to think about everything at once, right? As my, as my draw goes, my, my grip, all this, they're trying to feed all that in through, through a fire hose. And usually it ends up disastrously you know like i tell people you know the a a one or even two day seminar can only give you so much right it, it gives you a, a base it gives you an outline uh for you to reference back to but in no way shape or form am i going to guarantee that you're going to be a grandmaster uspsa shooter after those one or two days right uh if anything for a lot of my students it might be their yearly audit you know like I, I tell students in a perfect world, if you can get to a seminar once a quarter, that's four times a year, great. Mm -hmm. Second best, it's twice a year. One at the beginning of the year, one at the end of the year. Worst case scenario, at the very minimum, once a year, whenever that is good for you, right? And that might be your one and only audit to your current level of training, right? Um, and I jokingly... I always joke with students and say, well, did, did everybody abide by the, uh, by the gear list? And they go, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, where's your notebook at? Like, are you, that's pretty, it's pretty awe-inspiring that you're able to retain all this information without ever having to write it down, you know? Dude, I, um, I went through a CQB class in uh, September yeah. and there was, I want to say 12 or 16 of us in the class. It was Orion training group, yeah. student instructors, right? I was the only one in that class with a notebook. Yeah, it blows my mind. Blown away. I'm like, I'm looking around. I'm like, is anybody else? No, no, I'm the. Okay, I felt weird for a minute, and like nobody said anything. The instructors didn't stop me. I was like, yeah. cool. I'm writing this all down. Yeah, <laughs> you know, as you should. You know, like if you're if you're gonna pay X amount of money, ammo, drive time, fuel, mm -hmm. lodging, and more importantly, your time. I would hope that you would spend the extra effort and jot away, jot to your heart's content, blow out that pen, rip that notebook apart, right? Jam as much information you can in there because that's that's the purpose, at least for me in my seminars, is for you to be able to take that information home with you. It's not like it's a one-day thing like, cool, see you later. Thankfully, you'll never think about this again for the rest of your life, right? Like, no, you you, you should be, right? Take those drill homes with you, right? Write down the times that I give you, right? Like I, I, I jot down times and scores only three times, uh, typically in my seminars, the cold start, the pre-culmination, which is like around lunchtime, it kind of culminates everything up until that point. And then the actual culmination drill, which is kind of like the, the final drill of the day. Um, right. And 
that's really about it. Like I, I, I give students their time for other drills, whatever drills we're doing, whether it's target transitioning or working vision or, or distance or whatever it may be. Uh, but I just tell them, right. If they don't want to write it down, cool. Don't ask me like at the end of the day, like, Oh, Hey, what was that time for that drill? Like at nine in the morning? I don't know. Like that I'm totally was, gonna remember, yeah. yeah. Like that, that was like seven hours ago, dude, dude. Like, that's why I told you to bring a notebook, you know? Um, so Yes, like jotting down that information is so vitally important because I, I can't push to students enough that like I I am your resource. You know, like I, I'd be more than happy to answer your emails. You have questions about gear, you have anything like that, because that's that's my job. That's what I do for a living. It's, it, it's not like I'm this internet character where like, oh, you want to take a selfie with me? Cool. Yeah. Just make sure you get my good angle. All right. See you later, <laughs> dude. You know, like, no, like this, like I'm a, I consider myself a, a coach or a teacher for a reason because I believe in the uh, personal betterment and personal empowerment, you know, of another individual, whether it be in a firearm sense, whether it be in a combative sense, physicality sense, whatever it is, right? Because nobody should ever be put in a situation and uh, not feel empowered enough to be able to change something for the better, uh, whether it be change the outcome, uh, whether it be to, uh, you know, not feel like maybe they, like a lot of times I've had students in the past uh, that have you know, been in domestic abuse or um, have been in, in a situations where they've, uh, you know, been in an assault and battery type scenario. And thankfully they come out the other end, but they also have scars both literally and physically, oh, or sorry, say mentally and physically to prove it. Yeah. And they yeah. want to never feel that way ever again. And if they're coming to me, you are damn sure that I'm going to give you all the information so that you are never f able to feel that vulnerable ever again. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and with, with that, uh, where can people, cause we're kind of coming up to time here, but yeah, where for sure, people, for sure. if they want to seek you out and I know yeah. you have the blog and everything, where can people find you, contact you and, and, and all that good stuff? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so my website is rune nation llc.com my instagram is at rune nation i'm on x formerly known as twitter uh <laughs> rune nation uh facebook facebook is there too uh, i don't really even know people that use facebook anymore but that's there uh what you were referencing earlier my thought crimes it, it, it was basically a way uh back in the beginning of 2020 when i started to see the algorithm really fighting against the stuff i was talking about uh, intense amount of shadow banning to a point where, where you couldn't tag me. Uh, other people yep. couldn't tag me. I was getting threatened for account deletion. I just said, screw it. I'll make a, a blog on my website where I can say and talk about anything without the fear of getting deleted or put to the bottom of the list on social media, whatever. Um, it, there is a paywall. It's three bucks. That's 30 cents a day. It's not really a huge uh, take out of your pocket, but I do leave the comment section on each each blog post open in order to create that conversation and discourse. It can revolve around training. It can be videos. It can be pictures. It can be uh, just stuff that I've found is important um, through social media. I'll, I'll repost it through there. Uh, I also made a uh, culmination of 
essays over the course of 2020 called Discourse. Um, and that's a one-time $3 fee. It's a uh, digitized or digital version of what we call a zine or a micro magazine. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm thinking in the process of this winter to actually make it a physical form. Uh, there's a publication out of the Chicago area that has a very easily drag and dump option where you can put all your text in your uh, images and all that, and they'll print oh, it out whatever right. size that you want. So I'm kind of be looking into that because uh, that's something I've always been interested in. Um, as for courses, um, I'll be back at Ann Arbor Arms um, in Ann Arbor, Michigan, the end of March for my functional uh, pistol, uh, functional carbine. And then on uh, in the beginning of October, I'll be in uh, the Adrian, uh, Michigan area, uh, doing my limited signature pistol carbine um as well um so i like coming out to the michigan area a lot uh i'll be in ohio as well but i think i have about 30 30 or so odd uh seminars already up for 2024 Uh, my first one at the end of february is in florida and then my last one will be at my jiu-jitsu gym here next december december 2024 but uh all the dates locations times all that is on my website underneath the seminar calendar um and as always if you guys have any questions just go ahead and send me an email right on man well dude ian thank you man uh i always love having you on um this was a great discussion i i really appreciate your insight and absolutely uh you're able to articulate your thoughts uh better than i am so <laughs> i, I, I appreciate, appreciate it. it man uh really yeah, man. good time and uh, we'll definitely do it hopefully soon, sooner than a year and a half, I hope. Uh, yeah, absolutely, for sure. Going to work on trying to get out to a class too, because I think the last time when I was going to come out, I think it was like su- on the Super Bowl. And yeah, I <clears throat> um, did not. Well, I went to, I watched the game instead. I'll leave it th- at that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, but thanks, man. This has been awesome. And uh, stay safe and we'll, we'll be in touch, man. What a outstanding conversation. Uh, I I do. I love talking with Ian. I really hope I get to do it uh, sooner than another year and a half. I, God, I can't even believe it's been that long. Uh, but if you guys aren't, if you're, if you're not following him on social media, if you're not checking out what he's doing, I really recommend it. He's a very, obviously a very well-spoken gentleman and uh, well-educated. And he does this for <laughs> the right reasons, man. Uh, you can kind of tell that it comes through in, in what he says and how he says it and everything. And I would challenge you guys, seriously, based off, you know, parts and pieces of the conversation we had, I would I would challenge you to take that personal audit, that, that personal evaluation of how you're spending your time and what you're doing and see if you can't find a way to be better. You know, whether that's, <clears throat> I don't know, more time cleaning around your house and just making your your spouse's life a little bit easier or you give up some of that time laying in bed watching TV or in, you know sitting on the couch eating Cheez-Its watching Netflix whatever right you take half an hour from that and you put that into dry fire practice right on a regular basis or more time with your kid you know do the things that are going to make you happier having more fulfilled life sometimes we have the answer right in front of us, you know, and it's, I get it. It's difficult to make those lifestyle changes, but it's not impossible. And when you start to see the yielded improvements, right? The, the benefits from, from those changes, it really makes it worth it. For me, it was committing more time every week to dry fire. 
I will turn on my favorite, you know, radio station, which actually doesn't play music, right? And I will dry fire for half an hour, 20 minutes, an hour, whatever it is that I have time. And I saw those results manifest themselves out on the range. I'm be, I'm able to keep up with people that shoot twice as often or three times as often because I am able to dry practice. And yes, I mean, I have enough practice on the range to understand, you know, the output that the dry practice gives me and things like that. But that's just one very small example of how you can improve yourself by just reallocating your time and managing your time better, making a commitment. And actually, like we, like Ian and I said, you you want to be better. You want to change. You want to be healthier. You you go to the gym more. You change how you eat. You change how you sleep. You start taking cold showers in the morning because there's the science behind it that, that shows you that it's a better life decision. Maybe the 20-minute steaming hot shower, which, hey, I, that's me. Like I used to be one of those people. I just, I love my hot showers. I don't have a hot tub, unfortunately, but I wish I did, but you take those, those long hot showers and how you start your day or whatever and replace that with a two minute cold shower. And it's going to save you money on your bill, obviously, but it's going to have some side effects, some positive side effects that you're probably not going to see right away, but you will start to feel and that's a small adjustment. It's it's really a battle of small adjustments, small amounts of discomfort leading to a more overall comfortable lifestyle. You just got to work a little bit harder to get there. And you have to strive not to be complacent. And all this is stuff we talked about, man. It was such a great conversation. It's not the you know, the sexiest stuff. We're not talking about, you know, <laughs> dudes operating and running drills and all this crazy shit and everything. But Man, that was a good conversation, and I was even able to talk with Ian a little bit after we finished, uh, you know, our recording. And uh, what a great dude! I'm definitely going to try to make it out to his seminar when he's here in Michigan uh, at Ann Arbor Arms, which is a great facility. If you guys are listening and you're local to Southeast Michigan, I cannot recommend enough. You guys go check out Ann Arbor Arms. The classes that they have there with Robbie and Craig are outstanding, and they bring in outside instructors, guys like Ian with Rune Nation, Raul from Rogue Methods. The list goes on. It's a great facility, and they do really, really good work. And honestly, probably the cleanest gun range I've ever been to, both on the range and in the retail space and in the bathrooms, everything, the classroom space, probably the cleanest facility I've ever been to. It's it's outstanding. You guys will love it, I promise. But wow, what a fantastic conversation with Ian. And I do. I hope you guys look him up. <clears throat> Follow him on, on social media. Check out what he's got going on. He's a good dude, and he's a squared away guy. He is going to make you better. He's not just a nice person. He's also going to help you. He has answers. He's got knowledge to share. On everything? No. And that's not what he says, right? But like we talked about here, you know, seek out those quality individuals, the people that are always trying to better themselves and always trying to further themselves. And Ian is one of those good dudes. Really, check it out. You guys sign up for his blog. Uh, some of the stuff he mentioned there. Check out the website. Poke around. Look around. He's got a lot of good stuff going. Smart, passionate guy for sure. And I, I look forward to having him back on the pod. Uh, I very much enjoy these discussions. And I'm fortunate that able to connect with Ian through... Actually, we connected through Drew Estel at Bear Solutions, uh, who's somebody else that I look forward to connecting with, hopefully in the future here. But uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the discussion this week. Our, our aim is obviously always to entertain, but also to bring... Uh, a depth of knowledge and and perspective and things like that. So hopefully this discussion uh, was enjoyable and enlightening for you. And if it wasn't, 
maybe the parts of this discussion, if it wasn't enjoyable, you probably shut it off halfway through. But on the off chance that you are one of those people that sees things through, uh, I would also maybe ask you to be honest with yourself and evaluate why you're unhappy. Why, you know, uh, things are not to your liking in that, in that conversation. Are you being honest with yourself or are you deflecting and are you being complacent in your current level of knowledge and capability? You got to be honest with yourself. You know, it's one of those things. It's, it's difficult, but uh, there is that level of maturity and self-recognition there that comes with this path that I think a lot of us are working our way down. And that's just how it goes, man. You know, like I, I, I'm not, I'm not uh, as articulate as Ian is, so I don't have a nice way to say it, but that's that's the way it goes. So hopefully this was impactful, if nothing else. If it wasn't enjoyable, at least I hope it was impactful. And we're going to keep working. You know, we got, I know the next couple weeks here, I've got some guests I'm pretty excited for. Uh, and then, you know, before we know it, guys, we'll be at year's end, man. We are almost done with 2023. This is our last episode of November already. God, I can't believe it. I remember we were doing episodes and recording over the summer. Time has been flying by just a few short weeks away from, from Christmas and New Year's. And, uh, man, it's it's awesome. Really awesome. Excited for everything it's, that's to come in the future. But for the now, for this week, for this episode, that is all that I have for y'all. So hope you did enjoy it. And stay tuned for more next week. Until then, you guys get out there. And like we say here, work hard, train smarter, and be prepared. <laughs>